It's Wednesday. So you know what that means. It's time for another episode of your Iron Dread Podcast. I am your host, as always, Chris Whitaker. Welcome to the show this week. We got episode number 37 this week with Miss Gina Hensley. Gina is an international elite level powerlifter. She's the owner and CEO of Kayoso Powerlifting, and she is the state chair for USA Powerlifting here in the state of Michigan. Gina came on, we learned a little bit about her, we talked powerlifting, we talked her powerlifting business, uh, we had a lot of fun, we talked about a bunch of different things. Uh, food, music, typical Iron Dread podcast, it was a great time getting to know Gina a little bit more, uh, look forward to hopefully having her back again in the near future. Uh, before we get to Gina, shout out to our multinational listeners folks the iron dread podcast your very own iron dread podcast now spans six countries across our world canada ireland australia germany united kingdom and of course here in the united states shout out to all of our people in uh foreign lands outside here of the united states hope you're enjoying the show and listening to us each and every week. Speaking of that, if you are not currently subscribed to the show, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button on the favorite podcast platform of your choosing and get updates each and every week when we drop a new episode of the show. Also, follow me at Coach underscore Whitaker at Coach underscore Whitaker 66 on Twitter and Instagram. Use the hashtag ID podcast to talk about the show. Give me some feedback. We're looking for some more guests to come on the show. Remember, with the Iron Dread podcast, it doesn't have to be all about powerlifting like our special guest Gina is going to talk about today and her specialty. It can be anything. Any positive thing that can go out to our audience that they're going to enjoy. So if you want to be on the show, if you got a good message, you got something you want to promote, just hit me up. Would love to have a conversation with you and possibly get you on the show. Apple subscribers, a majority of our audience, 57% of you, 57% of you listen to the Iron Dread podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please go ahead and click that rating button give us a good rating and help boost our audience there in apple podcasts so folks don't have too much else for you we're going to get right into gina again it was a great conversation with her uh if you haven't checked out our previous shows go ahead go back into the archives last week we had autumn swavely cscs on that episode is gaining a lot of traction and getting a lot of positive feedback we can go back into the archives here, top movies of the 90s with Coach Rob Dubay from a few weeks ago, the Iron Dread King of the Ring podcast, We're talking about professional wrestling, Double D Duke Alexander, John Spellman, Andrew Cofaldo, 911 uh, Dispatcher. Go check out some of these old episodes and listen to our show. Give us some feedback and let me know what you think. So folks, without any further ado, I give you episode number 37 with Miss Gina Hensley. Hit that intro music.
Here we are. We're back live to record from the Sanctorium of Strength out here in Michigan. I'm sitting here chatting with Miss Gina Hensley, 84 kilogram international elite level power lifter, the USAPL Michigan State Chair, and the owner and CEO of Cayoso Powerlifting, running powerlifting meets in Michigan. Gina, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm happy to be here. So uh, this one's, it's fun for me. I'm doing this podcast. Uh, you're actually the second person. Uh, actually, I, I've, I've met you in life. We've talked a little bit, but, but last one I did, I had never met that person in life before. So it was pretty cool. Uh, that was episode 36 that dropped today as we record this with Miss Autumn Swavely down in Florida. But, you know, I've come across Gina a few times here in life as we've gone through. She was an official for the USAPL. Uh, sorry, my, my mistake, the MHS Michigan High School Powerlifting Association. It's when I first ran into her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I started out um, uh, lifting in, in MHS PLA. Uh, and every now and then they asked me to uh, kind of referee for one of those meets. They, they really like to have high-level referees from USA Powerlifting, especially at their state meet. So anytime I have the time, I will go ahead and do that because that's that's where I came from, and I really enjoy it. So what meet was we'll that that you saw me at? Uh, I think it was a state meet. Oh, okay. It was a state okay. meet. Um, or it might have even been, did you officiate for Coach Gillum at Birch Run at his USAPL meet? I don't think so. I don't think so. I know him very well, but no. He's, he's been very helpful to me. I'm trying to get him on the show uh, to talk about powerlifting. But, yeah, I've run into you a few times. My first powerlifting meet last June, um, you were there. You were working to meet. You, you taught me that my knee sleeves cannot touch my uh, singlet. Didn't know that rule. <laughs> <laughs> the little things you learn in your first meet. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, now I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, you had – all of your lifts written out on a piece of paper uh-huh. and that's more prepared than most people come. I think most, I was working at the table and I, I think most people come and they just come up to the table and they're like, I don't know. What do you think I should do? And 90% of the time um, I wasn't really paying attention to exactly how good their lift was. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, uh, whatever you want, go ahead and go for it. So I was really glad that you, had everything planned out. I like that. That's what I would do. Maybe not on a sheet of paper. Always do it in my head, but it's better. It's better that way, especially if you're first meet. Just one one more thing you don't have to worry about. Yeah. Looking back at that meet, I probably should have had my – I had two kids that I coached at, at Dexter, and they, they came to watch me lift, and I should have just handed them the paper and said, all right, go call the attempts. In that <laughs> – in that first meet, right? and I mean, we'll talk about your story and maybe you'll bring up about your first meet in a minute, but that first meet, my, I'm looking like, I don't want to miss. Mm-hmm. I don't want to miss. I want to go three for three mm-hmm. on each lift and get through it, uh, you know, without missing. I don't want to go up there and miss. And then the first one, I walked out, completely ignored the judge for the SWAT command. 
That's pretty common, actually. But but that's funny because you coach people for high school powerlifting, and that like some people might know that there are differences in uh, the commands between high school powerlifting and USAPL. But squat is definitely a command that is in both. So I don't know. I think you were just really <laughs> excited. Really yeah. excited. And yeah, that's a, that's a happen. I got all gassed up, you know, grab the bar, you know, and looking back, it's like, all right, you fool. It's your opener. You can do this, <laughs> you know, probably three or four times, uh, you know, three or four reps, mm-hmm. uh, but just gassed up and ready to go. So, but yes, thank you again, Gina, for, for being on here. Really appreciate it. We're going to get into first kind of your, your story. What, what has kind of been your path? Um, you know, I know you, you went to Lake Orion high school, I believe, yeah. right? and then moved your way up to now. I mean, you, you're, uh, international, uh, elite total power lifter. Weren't you the lifter of female lifter of the meet at the Arnold classic last, not this past year, the year before, uh, actually it was this year, 2019. This year's. It was like, yeah, the, the, the Arnold with no spectators. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I'll I'll go a little bit into that. That meet somehow was like my super meet and everything fell together. I went nine for nine. Um, I got a PR total, PR of five oh two and a half kilos, and then got first place and also got best lifter. It just somehow all came together. And like looking back, I'm still starstruck at how that all happened. But um because I've had my fair share of really, really bad meets, but uh, it, it helps when you have a really good coach that kind of knows where your head is at and how you like to take attempts and what's important to you. Because sometimes um, winning is not important. Sometimes you want to break a PR or, you know, um, the money to me wasn't even important. It was just like I hit everything else. And that was one more thing that I was able to go for on my third attempt deadlift. So that was a really good meet. Um, But if I'm going to talk about my whole life journey, I've been powerlifting since 2009. Um, So I started out as a freshman in high school. and And I was a young friend. I was like 14 years old. And... Uh, so what, what it was is we, you know, we start competing in the meets around January. However, we started, uh, training in, in 2009, but I started competing in 2010. So my first meet ever, um, was actually at Lake Orion, my hometown. And I bombed out of my first meet, uh, for squat depth. And I will never, ever forget that meet. I think that meet is more memorable to me than my first USAPL meet. Uh, I bombed out on squat depth simply because, well, I have uh, really immobile ankles. I had Achilles tendon surgeries as uh, as a kid. And I didn't realize I, I kind of needed to squat with a heel on my, on my foot. Um, and, and in high school, a lot of kids just use like, tennis shoes or Converse or whatever. And I was just using whatever I had. And, and none of my teammates told me I was nowhere near depth. Uh, so it, it's so funny looking back because I had like 200 pounds or something on the bar as a 14-year-old 
I was a, I was a, in the 155 weight class and yeah, hit nowhere near depth just simply because I didn't know any different, had no idea what, yeah. So I bombed out of my first meet. Then therefore, after that, um, I actually learned what depth was. And then my squats went down to around 150. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I kind of had to have this like really ridiculous wide stance to start out since I didn't have like shoes that worked for me. Um, So squats have never been my favorite. I really just don't have great mobility for them, but I would say they have come a long, long way. Um, And uh, I competed freshman and sophomore year, and then uh, basically all the, the seniors then left. They went on and graduated, and as a junior, I came, became team captain and kind of led the team. Uh, we never really had much of, of a coaching base. Uh, we had, like, supervisors or people that kind of helped us out, but no one that really took the lead on what we were supposed to be training. So I did all of that. Um, junior and senior year kind of took it under my wing, tried to recruit more girls. Um, we started out with a a team of three girls and now looking at Lake Orion's girls team, it's, there's like, I I don't even know. There's probably got to be like 30 or 40 girls, which is a big deal to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then it's funny because I, I kind of had a good season after that in my freshman year. Um, and I was trying to qualify for States cause that was, that's always a big deal, you know, to qualify for States and everyone else on my team, I remember they, they qualified for States and I hadn't qualified yet. So I had to go to like this last chance qualifier all the way in Jenison on the complete West side of the state by myself to qualify And I did. And then I went to States, which was uh, at Grand Rapids Community College my freshman year. Kind of an interesting concept. And Mm. I bombed out at States my freshman year as well. So my first year had its fair share of issues. Actually, uh, States was a little bit different. I didn't bomb out for depth. However, I had an ear infection and like couldn't hear any of the commands. So I think on the first one, I skipped the command or I went early or it's, it's kind of hard to remember the logistics of exactly how it happened, but the commands messed me up somehow. And now looking back, I don't know. I don't know how bench was better because I couldn't even see the judge, but, um, yeah. So I bombed out of two meets my freshman year and then never bombed out of any after that. So, but yeah, just continued to compete throughout high school. Uh, I never became a state champion. Actually, I was, I lost by five pounds my senior year. So that was really sad. Um, and then after, after high school, I actually didn't know that you could keep powerlifting. I didn't know that was even a concept. Um, I had no idea that was a thing. I was going to kind of retire from powerlifting after four years, which seems so silly, but I wanted to uh, continue to help out the team and coach them since they didn't really have any guidance and it seemed to go really well. Um, and then a friend of mine that I, I met at a powerlifting meet up at actually someone I met at uh, the Traverse city meet my senior year actually taught me how to get into powerlifting beyond high school. So that's how I learned about USA powerlifting. So 
Uh, yeah, after high school, let's see, I graduated in June of 2013. Uh, then I did my first USA powerlifting meet in August of 2013. So uh, back at that time, it was the Smitty's Ironworks meet in Midland. And at that time, um, it was a lot more popular to have really goofy singlets. And I got, I still have this singlet. I have um, this, it's like this white USA wrestling singlet that I had airbrush painted with red, white, and blue eagle on it because I just wanted to be so patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just I don't know I don't know why that's my thing I still I still love red white and blue stuff but I think I'm not quite as uh out there as I used to be um yeah so uh I remember going to that meet and just kind of being drawing a lot of attention just because of that but um it was crazy how much stronger I was on the high school level than I was on the USA powerlifting level simply because I think deadlift was a big one. I was used to just the cheap barbells that we had in our gym and um, switching to an Ohio power bar, or I think they had an Ivanko at the meet. Um, that was a big deal. I think getting off, getting that really stiff barbell off the ground is a big deal. Uh, so I, I think my, my max went from like 310 to like 285 for that meet. But um, yeah, yeah, I was a 148 pound class at the time. That was before the weight classes changed. Um, this one, our weight classes were still the same as all other federations. And I was, yeah, I was a uh, 17. And yeah, from there, I just stayed in, in USA powerlifting. Uh, and I went to my very first national meet the following year. And on July of 2014, it was in Colorado, kind of near Denver. It was in Aurora. Um, and that, that was actually the last time that they had nationals in July. After that, they then moved it to October. So I've been going to raw nationals since 2014, uh, with the exception of this year, this will be my year off, obviously, because it was canceled. But uh, yeah, since then, <clears throat> been a lot of changes. At that time, I was a 148-pound lifter. Um, once they made the, the weight class changes, I went down to 138 for all of like three meets, then realized that was a really bad idea. Um, I went up to 158 or the, the 72 kilo class was there for like four years around there. Um, and only kind of recently went up to 84. So, yeah. Um, I think I, I just fell in love with the sport and, uh, just, I, it was funny cause I, I would do every single meet that came on the calendar. I didn't care how far apart they were. If they were like four weeks apart, I didn't care. I just did them all. And looking back, that was probably silly, but I, I really had no idea what I was doing until about 2015 and I actually got a coach. Um, and that's when my lifts, like I always had a lot of potential, but that's when my lifts actually took off uh, from there. So yeah, and it was late 2015. I finally got a coach. And at that time I was in the 72 kilo class. I remember my deadlift took the, the hugest jump. It went from um, 160 kilos 
to 190 from December to April. Um, so for for people who know pounds better, that's 352 to 419 pounds. Um, and then it just and then my deadlift kind of stayed there for a while. But you know uh, that that's kind of how it is. It's good to have a coach that is willing to work with you and figure out exactly what little things um, see progress because every single person is different. So, yeah, um, let's think. Uh, The nationals that I went to in 2017, uh, raw nationals, that was in Orlando, Florida. That was the year that I won the junior class as a 72. And that was actually, um, if anyone kind of knows about qualifying for Worlds, uh, they have certain age cutoffs, and um, my birthday is late in the year. Uh, the IPF goes on your birth year rather than your birthday. So um, I think that they considered me 23 when I was really 22. But anyway, that was that was my last chance to uh, qualify as a junior to go to Worlds, and um, and I I won I won the junior class, but on the on the IPF. Um, standpoint they group uh teen threes and juniors together and I remember the teen three was Chloe Dublin and and she was uh stronger than me at that meet I don't even remember what she lifted but um she outlifted me at that meet and so she took that spot however um I ended up becoming an alternate because uh Daniela Mello won the junior and the open and she ended up declining her junior spot to go in the open. So I took her junior spot. And then that was kind of my debut into the 84 class. Um, other than I went to the Arnold once, just didn't decided not to cut for it. But uh, yeah, that's kind of when I started as an 84. I went to Worlds on 2018. That was in Calgary, Alberta. Um, and Calgary was kind of just like the U.S. Really wasn't anything special, except people are nicer there. Um, but, but however, it, it was very close to Banff National Park. So that was really cool. I got to see the, the mountains. Um, but at Worlds in 2018 in Calgary, I was one light away from bombing out at that meet, which would be the worst meet to ever bomb out at ever um, for squat depth. It was like I felt like I was starting all over again. And I had not been red lighted for squat depth since that one meet my fresh my very first meet I had not been red lighted for squat depth since then so um yeah I, th- I think uh at the time I was training through like a knee injury and just not realizing that I wasn't really squatting as deep as I could have um and I think on a even on a national level it probably would have um been fine it was just right on the borderline there I think my my first one was probably a little bit high but um like if you if you saw my squat in a local meet from that meet you would be like I don't see the issue here but at the world level it's so strict so strict so um yeah I, I got three reds on my first squat at worlds and looked at the lights and almost in disbelief, like they weren't mine, like that mm-hmm. thought they were for the other platform or mm-hmm. it wasn't real. I was like, wait, no, that's not real. 
and yeah. walked off the platform and said, well, yeah, that was probably real. So went ahead and did it again, tried to go deeper, still got three reds. And at that point, it really, really settled in. And on my third, we actually, we didn't go up and wait at all. We stayed the same because we played it smart. Um, on my third, uh, my coach, uh, Dane Roach, he's, he's the co-state chair of Michigan. Um, and then I was also like co-coached by Arian Kamisi. Um, he was a junior national coach. They said, uh, move your stance in a little bit, do whatever you can. And, and, um, so that's what I did. I moved my feet in ever so slightly and just bottomed out as, as hard as I possibly could. I felt like I was sitting on my ankles and I still got one red light on that one. So <laughs> just, oof, that was the most nerve wracking thing of my life. And the last thing you want to do is go to worlds and then just look like a newbie. Um, but that, you know, after that I went three for three in bench and then three for three in deadlift and got second overall. So that was, that was, uh, overall a good meet after all the stress was over. Um, and yeah, kind of after that, just kind of been training through did the Arnold and then, uh, nationals, uh, 2019 nationals. I took, I took like a year off. I did, um, 2018 nationals and then skipped the Arnold and, um, didn't do anything until 2019 nationals because I had a really bad, uh, knee problem. I was having some patellar tendonitis that was really bothering me. Um, so it just took some time to just rehab it and then actually get a quite a bit stronger. And, uh, yeah, so before the Arnold this year, uh, um, it was actually 2019 nationals. Uh, let's see, I got fourth in the open. Yeah. I think I was still, I was still a junior. So I I got third in junior. That was right before my 24th birthday. So third and junior and fourth and open, that was a really good meet for me. And then, yeah, then we, then we hit the Arnold. So that's pretty much like my powerlifting career over the last 10 years, as far as lifting goes. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of experience been all over the place. I mean, you, you brought up how you went on every, every meet you could. I, I pulled up your open powerlifting profile as I was doing a little bit of research for this. And yeah, there's meets all over. Um, probably if I had to count them two dozen, three dozen at least. That's um, yeah. How far back do they go? Uh, the last one on here, it has you at the, um, on February of 2014, the no frills meet. Okay. And that meet. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I think at that time, the, the state chair or whoever upheld the records or whatever, a lot of those meets, like if, if you were to look on my USA powerlifting database, the lifter database, a lot of those meets are not in there. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where they all went and I don't even remember what I lifted to even try and contact the national office and say, Hey, where's this? Um, I think, uh, the uh, USA powerlifting Michigan was a little mismanaged at the time. So, um, I think, yeah, there, there, there's more, there's more that I don't even know. I couldn't even count how many meets I have done, but yeah, I, I did any of them, all of them. All I wanted to do was compete. And to this day, it's my favorite thing to do meet day. Um, training is like 
meh. I want to compete. I want to be on the platform, which is, I'm sure, how a lot of people feel right now. They just yeah. want to get on the platform. That's the best part of the entire thing. So, yeah, I mean, we all we all love going to the meet. It's the the 24 weeks or 12 weeks, whatever it is that we're having to train in order to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you you know you get that point where okay, you go to the meet and it can be one little thing, like you mentioned, that forces you to, to miss or bomb out and you trained all that time for this one day. You know, and I thought that w- that's what's nice about the, the high school meets is because the kids, when we're trying to get kids into them, mm-hmm. um, they get that chance, they go to that meet and there's there's probably another one two weeks or three weeks later. So they get a chance mm-hmm. to kind of rectify whatever things that they learned from the prior meet in a couple of weeks, not a couple months, you know, but USAPL Michigan does run a, a meet about once a month here. And Kyoso powerlifting now is putting on meets about once a month, as long as the coronavirus doesn't mess with us. So how did you uh, kind of get involved in management of the USAPL stuff here in Michigan and refereeing and, owning your own company that puts on meats. Yeah. So, um, well, well, let's kind of start like from the beginning I started, uh, I, I wanted to become a referee kind of early on. And I, I think I took my test, uh, when, uh, Miguel Ruelan was still state chair. So this was before Alex Crichton was, um, state chair. However, she was a referee at the time. And I took my referee test, I think, I think I was like 18 or 19 or something. So, um, I must've been like 2014. I took that test or 2015, something around there. And at that time it was written literally, uh, it's right now it's kind of like an electronic jot form test, uh, just all multiple choice, but, um, and, and it's, it was still open book. So, uh, it, it was, you could still read the rule book, but, uh, yeah, I, I, that's just something I love to do. I always volunteered at the high school meet. So I wanted to volunteer at these two in any way I could. So I'm like, Hey, I want to be a referee. Um, yeah, so I, I took the test. It was written and, uh, then took my practical cause there's a written part and then there's practical part, um, where you kind of sit alongside a referee and they judge whether you agree with them, their calls or not. Um, I did, I took my practical in the uh, Grand Rapids 2015, I think, or 20, I don't know. I don't even remember. But, um, since, since that time I had been, uh, refereeing and, uh, let's see this. I think it was the, I've, I've done it. I had to, I refereed pretty much every meet that I possibly could. And, and that's just what I do. Anytime I can help at all. That's what I do. And I think uh, in 20, like late 2016 is when Alex kind of took over. Um, kind of, it was kind of one of those things where the, uh, the, the state chair at the time kind of got um, moved out and Alex kind of got thrown in at the last minute. Um, so she, she is a big player in what USAPL Michigan is now because it was never like this back back in the day. There was no music. Um, I'm looking, I've looked back to, at like photos 
of me competing and we were on like rubber mats, not even a real platform. Um, we had pound plates in some of our meets. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know how some of that stuff was even possible. I, it was, it was very mismanaged back in the day, but because of Alex, that's, that's kind of where we are now. And Alex has always taken to me. Um, she's always been a very good friend to me and inspired by me and very, very supportive. I think, um, and, and at that time when I began, there really were hardly any women in the meets that I would compete. And I would say, um, it would, it would not surprise me if I was the only woman at a meet and normally you wouldn't have any more than like five. Um, so at that time we really, really clung to other women and just became really close with them. Um, and, I uh, in, the the end of 2018 uh she was kind of talking about um giving or i don't know selling the company um and and it really really upset me to see it just go away like that um and and i said well i who would you sell it to or what would you do how would you do this and and she's like anyone that would buy it and i'm like alex i don't think I think you have more faith in people than, <laughs> than you think. Uh, this is this is a difficult job, and uh, you've got to really, really want to do it. And I don't honestly don't see anyone even having an interest in this other than myself. Um, so she kind of let it come back, and then we talked about it a little bit later. And she she kind of gave me a couple of op- options. She said, "Hey, um, I will I will sell you everything that I have." And you can either um, take it over next year, 2019, or we can take the entire year of 2019 and you can learn how I do everything. Um, Sit with me at every single meet. You can learn how to do all of the paperwork behind the scenes and set up and uh, work the table and all of that stuff. And I'm like, well, why would I even take the other deal? (laughs) That sounds like a better deal to me. So all of 2019, I was, I'm pretty sure with the exception of one meet, because it was the same day as nationals, I was at every single meet, um, the night before setting up the day of, um, whether she needed me to referee or do drug tests or work the table or absolutely anything. I was there and we had a lot of our own personal meetings too. So she could teach me, um, you know, what to do on, the background because I, I think most of the work for a powerlifting meet is all done beforehand. Uh, I'd say setting up for me is a lot, obviously a lot of physical labor, but the most of the work is beforehand. All of the, you know, setting up registration, getting a sanction, answering a gajillion emails. Um, and, and that being said, there's, there's not just one way to do it. There are so many different ways to do it. So she kind of taught me how she does it. And I kind of turned it into my own. Um, and, and we, we use kind of a different, uh, lifting software. Now we use lifting cast instead of next lifter. Um, I got new lighting systems. Uh, we used to just have the bulbs and now we have the digital referee lights. So, um, I made a, made a few changes, but uh, I would say 90% of everything I know is from Alex Crichton. Um, 
So, yeah, and then uh, we, she was originally going to sell her company. It was called Barbellum to me. And then um, we, we decided that it would be better if I kind of created my own. Um, and I remember trying to come up with a name for my company for like months. I just could not figure anything out. And um, I, I came up with some really stupid names too. And uh, I remember laying, laying on my, in, in, I went to my mom's room and I'm laying in, in her bed and I'm like, we need to figure out a name. I just, just say things, just what, what are we going to do? And it ended up being that no one could actually give me any ideas. So I just like kind of went along the lines of what Alex did. Her, her company was uh, Barbellum, which is Latin for barbell. So I'm like, okay, what if I just pick a cool word and just put it in a different language? <clears throat> so I did all kinds of different like languages and words that I liked. And, um, and Spanish was kind of one of those, uh, languages that just makes everything sound cool. So uh, I don't I don't know what I did. I was just in Google Translate, just putting some kind of related words in there. And I ended up at Callus and then it just came up with Cayoso. And I'm like, I love that. I like it. And, um, and in, in my head, it was perfect, but I had to go around and ask a bunch of people like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And they were like, I love it. So that's kind of how we ended up there. Um, you know, started my own company. And, uh, and so I, I started the company officially uh, with like last year in May, but obviously didn't, didn't run any meets until after that. But there's, there's a lot of pre-work to do there. I submitted all the sanctions and everything, all the schedules last year before, um, before Alex really handed it off to me. And at that time, um, <clears throat> I was talking to a lot of people and all of Alex's meets just sold out so quickly. And, uh, and so I just kind of had this idea to, I said, well, we need more meets. We need to just have more meets. So I was trying to have one like every month. And then obviously that didn't happen this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I had this, I had this vision. I'm sure it'll work out one day but um yeah i had this vision to have meets every month and i was like you know what it's okay if they don't fill completely immediately that's fine um yeah but that that's kind of where i went with that and then um at the at the end of the year i ended up running for state chair uh, the national office kind of sent out this thing um to submit your resume to become state chair and Alex told me about it she said you know you're going to want to have it ready just in case anyone else might put their resume in there um no one did but it was only me um but I, I actually talked to my coach Dane um he he I wanted him to be co-chair with me because he's kind of my backup on everything he's um he's a national referee I I consider him my walking rule book so I, I know the rules very well, but he knows all the little tiny details. And, um, and so he's, he's my number two for sure. So I wanted him to run as co-chair with me. So we both uh, created resumes, sent them to the national office, and then we were unopposed. So yeah, became state chair at the beginning of the year. Um, I had two meets, actually, two USA powerlifting meets that I ran 
And I actually uh, ran like a, a fundraiser meet as well for, um, and that, that was my first meet. It was kind of a good practice round. I ran a, a fundraiser meet for a lifter, Brandy Dixon, who uh, passed away. So I ran that meet. And then I think it was like the weekend after I was going to do, um, I was going to do the high school qualifier meet. And then uh, the last minute, it kind of got canceled to weather. What a great way to start out the season. And then we moved mm-hmm. it two weeks after. Um, then, then we had our meet at uh, 3D Fit in February. And that was a good one. That was a really, really good meet. No issues. Great day. And then, yeah, then COVID hit. So I mean, we had all kinds of meets that were canceled, postponed, um, I honestly can't even remember all the ones that I'd have to go and think, but there were so many that were canceled and I, I feel it, this entire year has just been a year of like giving everyone bad news and I hate it. Um, but, but yeah, we've got our first one post COVID stuff tomorrow, uh, already have had enough issues with the government and like we, we were going to have it inside and then as of like a couple of days ago, now we're moving to outside because now there's a limit of only 10 people on indoor gatherings. And so I, if, if anyone knows me very well, I do literally anything I can do to make stuff work. So uh, we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. So tomorrow we'll see. It'll be, it might be a little uh, weird. It might take me a little bit of time to figure out exactly how to set it up because I've never done an outdoor meet before, but um, I'm sure all the people helping me are probably going to be annoyed, <laughs> but, um, yeah. say we're going to make it work. It's going to be a fun day. And, uh, be good, be good to get people back on the platform get yeah. back to somewhat normal. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, if we got to do all the other meets outside this year, with the exception of States, obviously that's in December, that'll be real cold. Um, then we'll do it. I don't care. I I mean, I don't care. (laughs) Whatever has to be done, we're going to, I'm going to figure out a way. Uh, yeah, I, I really just, I'm looking forward to more normalcy, hopefully next year or late next year or something. Yeah. So that's kind of how I took the reins. Yeah. Hopefully sooner rather than later, getting back to normalcy here. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about though going outside like that, that. That's not the end of the world. I mean, you think like the all the world's strongest man type competitions and stuff. They compete outside. Yeah. Like you know, like powerlifting has just been kind of forever an uh, indoor thing. But I mean, you put some sort of covering over the platform to keep the sun off the platform. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you'll be fine. Yeah. Um- Unfortunately, it's it's kind of like uh, way too short notice to get like one of those big rental tents. So we're kind of mm-hmm. just going to do a bunch of pop-ups. Like I bought mm-hmm. two, two 12 by 12s and someone's bringing two 10 by 10s and we're like, well, we're going to make it work. Like if it's only halfway shaded, I'm sure it'll be fine. But, you know, yeah. people are going to be fine. It's going to be fine. The meet's going to be over at like 1230. So, um, but there, I remember there was a meet I, I don't remember when it was and might've been like 2016 or something like that. It was an outdoor meet and I was a referee for that meet and there was no shade over the platform. They had sh- a giant tent for the spectators 
but no shade over the platform. So I specifically remember a couple of lifters that are still kind of around today. They, they wore sunglasses on the platform and, and actually you can do that. Anyone can do that. Even indoors, you can wear sunglasses, but it was just kind of funny to see. And then so like, well, that's how not to do it. So we're going to get some shade over the platform. Uh, I remember I got sunburned really, really bad that day. So, um, yeah, I'm going to bring some sunscreen. We got some shade for the lifters. It should be a good day. Um, got everything I can to make it work in theory. However, this is one of those one of those businesses where it's just, you know, random things always come up. So just got to prepare as best as you can. But it should be a fun day. I think I think people are actually more excited for it now that it's outside. So Yeah, well, it, it adds a, a little bit of something different and again everybody's been stuck and like you said before everybody's been waiting for that opportunity to get back and compete so uh, i wish you the best of luck and uh, i'll uh i'm sure i'll check in with you here after and and see how it went uh because we got another one coming up now is the one coming up in in august going to be an outdoor meet as well i would imagine it has to be right yeah, I'm going to prepare for it to be. Luckily, uh, well, like I had, like, you know, I had to change the venue for that one um, because we, we've got to follow all these guidelines for COVID. One big one being that we have to make everyone wear masks. And um, although it, it would not necessarily have been my choice to do that, um, these are the rules we got to follow. So I ended up having to change the venue just so that um, we could do that. And uh, luckily the owner there... I asked him about it. I, I sent him uh, the link of the executive order and said, Hey, uh, you know, indoor gatherings are limited to 10 people now. And, and, and he was kind of like, well, okay, whatever. If you want to have it outside, cool. If you don't, and you want to have it inside. Anyway, cool. <laughs> like, okay, well then we'll plan on outside. We'll plan on outside with warmups inside. Um, so that's the plan. Um, and he's got a pretty big lot there, so it should be fun. I'm just I'm just planning for all of them to be outside just in case until something changes. You know, hopefully it changes by end of September so that I can uh, still go forward with the state meet. We hope we can only we can only hope that that some of this stuff changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't. I ran I ran a, a Michigan high school meet. And that was stressful enough. And I didn't have any of the other hurdles to jump through that you have with all the legal things and whatnot with this virus. So again, I I wish you the the best of luck and I hope that they sell out and that you guys do well. All right. So you, all my bullet points, you kind of, you kind of touched on. So I think what I'm going to do now is I've done these, um, I've done these things called, you know, called speed set questions. Okay. Okay. So they're like, you know, usually you know, do speed sets, you know, 10, 10 sets of two, whatever it is. Um, so these are just some questions that I came up with kind of, you know, and it, it don't, some of it's a little powerlifting stuff, but a lot of it is, is stuff um, that you probably haven't talked about yet. All right. So we'll go fast. If they're not speed sets and we talk longer, okay. All right. Free show. Okay. The audience, audience, audience gets what they gets what they pay for here on the Iron Dread podcast. All right. <laughs> all right. So the first one. All right. And, and normally, sometimes I ask this question to people outside of Michigan, and of course they don't get it. 
I know I would not have five years ago when I was still living in New York, but are you a go blue person or a go green person? Oh God. If I have to pick one, go blue, but I'm like, not, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent, right? I, I don't know. I don't watch football. So, but if, if I had to pick one, go blue. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite movie. Oh, oh my gosh. I don't know. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. The only one that's coming in my head is School of Rock, which seems really silly, but that's only because I know all of the words to it. So probably School of Rock, which seems silly, but I don't know. I love so many movies. So <laughs> it was a that was a fun movie. Jack Black is the man. <laughs> I, I loved him in the uh, Jumanji movie with the rock. Yeah. Yeah. As well as many others. You know, I'm a big Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny fan as well. Mm-hmm. um you know the greatest song in the world that they couldn't remember yeah (laughs) all right in the same line entertainment uh line of things your favorite television show could be of all time or current the office hands down hands down every single day i watch it all day long fall asleep to it Yep, the office. <laughs> <laughs> Your number one hobby outside of powerlifting. Hmm. God. Okay. Probably singing. Singing. Singing, dancing. I don't do it often, but it's it's a big thing. I used to be in choir and I, I've always been a singer. So probably that, Yeah. Okay. Um, favorite training day. Um, meaning like, like a certain lift or just, a certain yeah, day what's, day you know, what's your, you know, everybody trains differently. Right. So mm-hmm. like for me, yeah, I'm a conjugate guy, so I'd say that my favorite training day is probably a max effort lower day. Where, okay. You know, gotcha. we get to do heavy heavy stuff. Because I'm going to ask you the next question, what's your favorite exercise to train? So Okay. Okay, so I'll do both. Um, my favorite training day is I do one SBD day a week. So it's like on the weekend. So very so it's like heavy singles or heavy triples or whatever of squat bench and deadlift. So even though it takes me like five hours to do, <laughs> that one's my favorite. Yep. And then I would say my favorite lift, it always seems to change around on which one feels the best. But if I really had to pick one that's been like constantly my favorite, I would say deadlift. You know, it's been, it's given me issues quite a few times, but deadlift is always going to be my love. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the next one is your favorite sport to play. Have you played any other sports besides powerlifting throughout, throughout your life? Um, let's see. So now that I think about it, I, I have never really been much of like uh, in team sports. I have done swimming 
Uh, I've been swimming for a long time. Um, actually, I did volleyball a little bit, dabbled in volleyball. So, um, but no, I wasn't really, it wasn't really much of like a, that into sports. So if, I mean, if I have to pick one, I guess swimming, I still love to swim. So, yeah. Now, well, yeah, for all of these, we can assume right, powerlifting would be your first answer. Uh, but outside of that, favorite sport to watch, if you're going to watch in person or on TV? Hockey. Hockey. I ra- got, got raised on watching Red Wings hockey with my dad. I remember specifically sitting with him on the couch, and every time he'd yell when they scored, I would yell too. From three years old, I would do that. So hockey. It's probably one of the only ones I know how it works. You know, other mm-hmm. than football, I kind of understand how football works, but hockey. Yeah. <laughs> hockey is a sport that, you know, where I'm, where I'm from, you know, hockey's a thing. Like a lot of people like it, but it's not as big as it is out here for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so your favorite food. Chocolate chip cookies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cookie problem for sure. <laughs> don't don't we all, Gina? Don't we all? <laughs> My sister sent me a picture the other day that you know she was taking you know the the Keebler fudge sandwich cookies. Mm-hmm. All right. She was taking those, pulling them apart, and making s'mores with them. Oh. That's a, those are so good. Uh, anyway, but to turn it into a s'more, now I'm just hungry. Yeah. Uh, you, you, throw, <laughs> you, start, you start making things that are already awesome just that much better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Right. While, while we're on the subject of food, this is not on the, the speed sets 10 questions, okay. but it, it's a sense of pride for me. <laughs> How do you order your chicken wings? Um, you're probably going to be disappointed in me because I am not a huge chicken wing fan. Uh, but if I'm going to order chicken wings, they're going to be boneless and they're not going to be very spicy because I just can't handle it. So you're probably my normal chicken wing people would be very, very disappointed in me. That's all I got to say there. <laughs> Before I make any further comments on your answers, what do you dip your chicken wings in? What side? What's like what sauce? What? There's there's two options that are out there that people use. Ranch or blue cheese? What is your selection? Oh, blue cheese. Yep. All right, we're one for one here, <laughs> Gina. All right. You order chicken nuggets, but at least you dip them in blue cheese. <laughs> at least you dip them in blue cheese. That is an important, important piece out here in your home state of Michigan. <laughs> People you know what? Just dip wings in ranch. You know, it's it's not that I don't like uh, boned wings. I think I just really like the convenience of being able to shove the whole wing in my mouth. Um, kind of same with fried chicken. You know, like I just don't feel like taking the effort to eat around the bone, but I will <laughs> if I have to. I just want to eat it as efficiently as fast as possible. But <laughs> 
So I get it. I know it's the worst, but yes, at least, at least I like blue cheese. <laughs> I, I, I need to officially add that question to the speed sets questions for future guests. I like it. Um, it's a good one. <laughs> oh, because that, I, that it's, it's just, it's a big deal. It, it is a big deal. And I have a lot of, uh, I get a good opinion of people by how they choose to order their wings. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the last one, um, your, your favorite music genre could be, you know, what do you like to train to? What do you like to listen to? Um, uh, you know, when you're not training favorite, favorite music genre. Oh. Genres. Well, can I give you like, can I give you like two answers? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, as, as of recently, like, I think anyone who follows me kind of know this. Um, recently I've been pretty much listening to, uh, reggaeton music, which is like, um, Latino hip hop. Um, so I listen to that all the time and I'm like really into it right now. However, I kind of go through these things where I go through phases of what I'm into. So that's what I'm into big time right now. I listen to it when I train. However, if I'm going to think about like favorite all time genre, like period, I'd say probably classic rock. So it's what I kind of grew up on. So my dad listened to all day long. So classic rock is all time favorite. Yeah, but I listen to so many different types of music. I think you have to, uh, to me. Like, if if I I run into somebody and they tell me that they only listen to one genre of music exclusively, I'm like, you're missing so much in the world. Yeah. There's there's so much much stuff and you can, you know, it's like you could appreciate, even, even if it's not your your favorite genre that you would claim, but you could still appreciate good things about so many different types of music, like the energy and stuff that reggaeton brings to people. Like, cause you just can't help but want to dance to that stuff. Yes. Yes. And I think when I'm lifting, um, I, I typically don't have, it's very rare. I typically don't, I like to have like loud screaming, angry music, which is actually what most people like to listen to like the metal and stuff. Um, I think to a certain level I can, but I, I like to almost have stuff that's more like upbeat or something that's not going to make me all stressed out. Uh, <laughs> so I, that's what I love. Um, my boyfriend listens to it all the time. So I kind of got it from him, but it's getting really popular right now. And, and yeah, it's just good to dance to or listen to or sing to or drive to. It's just, I listen to it all day long. So Yeah. And you gotta music. There, there's you know, there's people in this world that like say like, oh, like, we don't really listen to music. Come on, yeah. how, do, how, how, do, how do you get go through life without listening to music? I've met a couple of people like that, and it just I think they're aliens or something. I'm not really sure. I'm like, what do you do then? What they might be. It was silence. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know. It's it might fine. be, you might be right. It's like, yeah. They could be, they could be aliens. Uh, have you ever looked closely at their eyes? Did their eyes like blink sideways? <laughs> um, no, yeah. I think I'm just so terrified of them in general that I usually just back away. But next time I'll try and look at their eyes. 
Let me know. Uh, we we could do a whole nother podcast on on uh, aliens and you know you know Sasquatch. Uh, I, I don't know if you're a believer in in uh, these guys right here, but they're uh, they some people think they might be aliens too. Mm. <laughs> All right, Gina. So I won't keep you too much longer here. I know you're a busy lady and you got you got stuff to get to. Uh, I think I had everything on um, my list here uh, that I wanted to bring up and kind of have you talk about. Uh, we, uh, you know, think you're an inspiration to a lot of people here, powerlifting in Michigan, because you've been to the top of the top. And uh, I really, um, especially our, our female lifters and my, my kids that are the, my girl lifters, you know, when you were lifting at the Arnold, I was texting my whole team not just my girl lifters and saying hey you know watch watch gina hensley she's our our michigan um chair and she runs meets here uh watch this lifting cast and, and watch her go or watch the live stream so you, you got some you got some fans in dexter michigan that have followed you uh that you've uh, never met before Aww. <laughs> so but i think uh i think you're doing a great thing and i look forward to competing in your meets and uh, and we'll get it going. So is there anything else you'd like to add to the show before we have you uh, drop your social media handles and kind of wrap this thing up? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Just want to uh, say good, good luck to you and your training for your meet in a couple weeks here. Um, and, and yeah, I, I just really, if anyone has any questions or just wants to talk to me about anything, they can always reach out to me, email, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Yeah. And, and where can people find you uh, on social media on your email? Yeah, uh, you can find me, my personal, I, I, I like Instagram. That's, that's my go-to. My personal Instagram handle is beauty behind the muscles. Um, and, but I, I, you can also reach out to me about meets or whatever. Um, I, we also have an Instagram for, Kyoso powerlifting. So that handle is kyoso.llc. And then also USAPL Michigan Instagram is USAPLMI. So also you can also see all those all those guys on Facebook as well. Yeah. All right, folks. So you heard it there. Uh follow Gina uh, any of her social media handles and keep up with what she's got going on. And uh yes, Gina. I thank you very much for being on the show. Hopefully uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. So there you have it. Thanks again to Gina for stopping by and giving us her time to be on the show. We really appreciate her uh, giving up time out of her day to come on the show and talk with us. So folks, we are going to stop for a brief, a brief message from our sponsors and we'll be back with your favorite segment of each and every Iron Dread podcast. That, of course, is your Weight Room Song of the Week presented by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. The Iron Dread podcast is brought to you in part by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction, available for all your DJ and line dance needs. Please visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking information. So crank it! Hotter than a cherry on the Marlboro Red Wow, we can't 
saying again. This week's Weight Room Song of the Week presented to you by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction is No Manana by the Black Eyed Peas featuring El Alta. Now, Gina picked this song to go on our Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. If you go down in the show notes, you'll find the link to that playlist in Spotify to listen to this song and all of your Iron Dread podcast Weight Room Song of the Week. Now, uh, full transparency here, folks. I forgot to ask Gina what her Weight Room Song of the Week pick was while we were on the show. So I had to quick contact her after recording to get her pick. But needless to say, we talked a lot about during the show, as you heard, about music and Gina's big influence of reggaeton and what she really enjoys. And she brought it here uh, with the Black Eyed Peas in this song, No Manana. So go ahead, turn the music up a little bit. Let's party like no mañana, como si no hay mañana. Party like no mañana, como si no hay mañana. Let's live like no mañana, como si no hay mañana. Do it like no mañana, we party like this. No mañana. There you have it, folks. This week's Weight Room Song of the Week presented to you by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction selected by our special guest this week on the show, Miss Gina Hensley, is No Mañana by the Black Eyed Peas featuring El Alfa. Great song, good reggaeton beat. Makes you want to get up and dance. Hope you enjoyed it. You want to listen to that song in its entirety. Don't forget our Iron Dread podcast, Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. Just search Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist in your Spotify app to locate and follow the playlist. You also can find the link to the playlist in the show notes for this episode. So, folks, uh, that's all we have for episode number 37 this week. Please don't forget, if you are an Apple user, to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you are somebody that is enjoying the show, wants to be on the show, you just want to talk about something, you have a question for Gina or any of our other guests that you want me to answer and get them back on the show, folks, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Coach underscore Whitaker at Coach underscore Whitaker 66 
please use the hashtag IDPodcast when you are talking about the show. If you make a post on your social media pages showing that you listen to the show, you make a post, you tag it, hashtag IDPodcast, and of course tag me at Coach underscore Whitaker 66. If you make a post, we'll give you a shout out right here live on the show next week. So folks, until next week, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Around here, we're becoming dread stronger. I'll see you next week, right here on your Iron Dread Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Please note that all views and opinions expressed in this podcast are the sole views of the individuals stating the opinions and not the views of the Dexter Community Schools. Also, please note that all music used in this production of this show is the sole property of the artists and recording labels from which the music came.